welcome to the S&P Global Platts Brussels to Beijing Commodities Policy Podcast, where we examine how changes in regulations and rules affect commodity markets in Europe and Asia. I'm Paul Bartholomew, Senior Managing Editor for Platts based in Melbourne. This month, we'll take a look at what's been happening in China's steel market, and particularly in relation to moves to cut capacity and lower emissions. Joining me to discuss these issues is my colleague, Zhang Jing, who's Platts Senior Analyst. Hi, Jing. Hi, Paul. Last year, the Chinese government quickly closed down induction furnace steel producers that um, were uh, said to be unlicensed. This helped support the market, especially for rebar. But recently, there have been some suggestions that some IFs are being restarted. Is there any truth to this, and how could this be allowed to happen? Yes, unfortunately, this is true. I will see these IF steelmakers. They are very uh, resourceful. They can always find a way to survive under very strict laws. And so actually from the beginning of this year, there's been market charters suggesting that at least a, a number of IF steel makers has been restarted. And we also hear that some IF steel output has been mixed into MBS output statistics in Q1. So that's why the crude steel output during January, March seems very high. Do you think they will be closed down again? Well, as long as they can be found, it's very difficult to find those IFs running or not. But the Chinese government has been making every effort to prevent the IF from restarting. And they even raised the reward for whistleblowers on the IFs. On the other hand, China does want to produce more steel from electric arc furnaces, which are considered to be more environmentally friendly. How much EAF capacity do you see coming on this year? Um, and does this mean there's going to be a net increase in overall steel making capacity in China? Yeah, I believe there will be around 20 million metric tons EAF capacity commission in 2018. On paper, there won't be any net capacity increase because all these new EAFs are based uh, on the like, capacity replacement mechanism. So that means uh, equivalent existing capacity will be eliminated once these new EFs were on string. But everyone on the market uh, contacted by me all believe that there will be net increase in steel capacity this year because there's so many loopholes in the capacity replacement mechanism. So yes, we're going to see larger crude steel capacity this year. Okay, so there's more capacity potentially coming on, but um, last year we also saw China implement production cuts over what it calls the winter heating season from mid-November to mid-March. Some of those restrictions around uh, capacity utilization have been extended. Um, Do you think we now have a situation where there's always going to be some constraints around utilization rates? You know, has it become the new normal? Yes, it has become the new normal, and there will be all year round constraints at Mills Blast Furnaces, at least in Tangshan City and in Handan City. Uh, they're both located in Hebei Province. And uh, we believe that these two cities will see their peak iron output reduced by around 2 million metric tons per month in total. Okay, so that's quite considerable. And, um, and everything we've discussed so far is all about um, China implementing measures aimed at reducing emissions and improving the environment. But 
I mean, how successful have these measures been so far? Are the environmental targets actually being achieved? Well, I will say it remains very difficult for China to uh, achieve their air quality improvement target. Just in March, actually, China's government reported that the air quality in northern China, you know, the particular matter, which is called PM 2.5 concentrations, in March actually jumped 27% a year, despite all these emission curbs, uh, environmental protection inspections. So I will see it will be a very long term and a very difficult battle for China to cope with air pollution. Okay, Jing, thanks very much. Obviously, it's, it's a big issue, and no doubt there'll be more developments over the course of this year that we'll be watching and writing about. Uh, uh, so that's all we have time for for this month's Brussels to Beijing podcast. Don't forget to tune in again next month. Um, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.